0: I'm Jean and this is Perfect Flow. I'm a New Zealand-based athlete and coach focused on optimizing performance, health, and well-being. While I have a professional background in biomedical engineering, I've chosen to follow my more immediate passions for running, endurance, adventure, movement, nutrition, lifestyle, community, psychology, and personal growth. My goal in starting this podcast is to connect with bright minds to extract the information I need to live a life that makes sense and feels good, and share those conversations with others. Apart from your favorite podcast app, the best places to follow my work are perfectflow.nz, genebeverage.nz, and perfectflow on Facebook. Hi, welcome back to Perfect Flow. I hope everyone is well and healthy hope you've had some good adventures recently or you've been training with good friends. Today I'm speaking with Alicia Loveridge. She's a photographer and a pole vaulter. She's just on the way home from the Tokyo Olympics and uh, while she was in quarantine she had some time to spare and we have a talk about her introduction to photography and the kind of different styles that she works with. And then we talk a lot about pole vaulting which I found really interesting, it's a sport that I've... Never done anything close to. So we delve a little deeper into pole vaulting than I've been before. And then we talk a lot about her photos at the Olympics and some other recent shoots that she's done. And we have a, a screen recording of all of this. So the last half where we're looking at the photos, definitely recommend that you see the video of that. But it's still good listening. And the first half is you don't need the video for the first half. If you'd like to check out more of her work, I'd go to Alicia Loveridge Photography on Facebook or com. She's got a lot of wonderful sports photography on there. So, I hope you enjoy this conversation with photographer and pop Walter Alicia Loveridge. Alicia, thanks for coming on Perfect Flow.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, this will be fun. I haven't talked to a photographer before, and I've always loved Perfect. photography. But, well, yeah, at (laughs) this setting, yeah, so I'm keen to hear a bit about what photography means to you and also some of the the recent stuff that you've done. Um, But first, uh, where are you at the moment?
1: So I'm currently in MIQ in Christchurch. So we we flew in uh, the ninth Tokyo time on a charter straight to Christchurch, so I'm on Day seven, I'm over, I'm (laughs) at halfway, seven days to go, so that's fantastic, and yeah.
0: Yeah, and where have you come from?
1: Uh, So I came from Tokyo for the Olympic Games, which was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, so was that two weeks, probably about two weeks you spent over there?
1: Uh, I think, I think 19 days. Oh, yeah yeah
0: two weeks in tokyo for two weeks in quarantine probably worth it
1: yeah yeah literally literally i'm pretty sure it's something yeah i think it was like 19 days i was in tokyo um i had my first three days were in quarantine so they with everything that was happening the rules of what we're allowed to do were changing literally like the wind so We had booked flights and accommodation, which is the biggest, like, booking accommodation through their system is such a process, so it's so hard, it's, like, impossible to change once it was done, and as, like, that was confirmed quite a while ago, and then we got something saying, oh, you've got a three-day quarantine, but you can still take photos, like, you can still do all your media activity, so we're thinking, like, that's not a quarantine, but okay, (laughs) (laughs) and then, you know, when they announced um, there were no crowds,
0: Okay, that was like, a late announcement. Yeah. I, I wasn't quite so and like, onto Yeah, onto it.
1: real late, real late announcement. And that's when they announced to everyone, like all of us saying your three-day quarantine is now a three-day quarantine, like firm quarantine. And so all of us, like there was a flight when I run the 22nd, all of us going, okay, the ones who didn't get pre-approval to work from arrival, which was the biggest process, and none of us saw the point, because we are like, well, we can still shoot, so mm-hmm. we're not going to bother. And then when that came out, all the people who did go through that process to work on Arrival, they all had, they could all do it, they could all shoot, but all of us that had clicked three-day quarantine had to go in quarantine. So that was cool. So I had, I got arrived and had three days in quarantine, so three days to get my time zone right, which is pretty sweet, and then, yeah, back to work.
0: <laughs> cool. Not too bad, but, Just, yeah, it's a lot easier than what we've been <laughs> from New Zealand, obviously Japan was dealing with a bit of a virus resurgence at the time. So I'm not surprised they were changing, changing their, the rules on the fly. Pretty tough situation for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, my clients were fine with that, like they kind of knew that was going to happen. And so, yeah, so it was all good. We got through.
0: Cool. Uh, So let's back things up a little bit. When did you first start playing with the camera?
1: Um, I think oh when was it maybe 2012 so I like I had no interest in photography like a lot of people will say like they had an interest in photography started as a hobby and then it grew from there but I so I had more of a visual art background so pretty much like these two pillars of my life is sport and then there was art and so when I um I did a bachelor of design at AUT wanting to go more into a graphic design illustration path. And, but in first year of design school, photography is like a core paper. <laughs> so the only reason I did photography is because I had to do it or I would have not progressed to year two. So I reluctantly bought a camera, all that jazz, and I actually like fell in love with it. So shout out to AUT for forcing me to do it.
0: <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it just grew from there, like mainly just school stuff. Um, stuff like you know assignments and everything like that um, but it was I think like I was injured um, at like a national chance or something and I took my camera to the track to take photos of my friends and then I found like a love for athletics photography just through there so if I if I didn't injure myself maybe I wouldn't have
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I was gonna ask did you Realized that you wanted to combine sports and photography when you first started. It sounded like that came a little bit later.
1: Yeah, like I didn't. I remember going into university thinking because everything I'd done had been so sport focused. um, Like I tried really hard through school when I was doing all my visual art. Like I did two visual art subjects and I tried so hard to not go down a sport path. I failed in year 12 for design I actually did <laughs> but I tried hard to just push outside my world like push me, push myself creativity to go and do things that aren't sport focused so my assignments in year one weren't sport like I purposely pushed away from that but hey I'm back <laughs>
0: yeah, can't I can't I couldn't
1: way. escape it <laughs> and that's my life so
0: yeah um how would you describe photography cool. A little bit for someone who's, who's, who can like, you know, identify a camera, but there's yeah. a lot of different things going on in the photographer's head about what they're trying to do. And are there any broad categories you would draw between different photographers and the different styles? Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah. So we've got, you've got, you're still live photographer and that's, you know, food, products, and that's doing a lot of stuff like on like set on sets and stuff, and especially, you know, and then you can get really complex of that, and there's a lot of work in that, as you can imagine, and then you've got, and that's a lot of, like, studio-based stuff, so you've definitely got your still-life guys, your studio-based guys, you've got your, you're also, your like, on-location studio guy, that sounds different, that's, so that's someone who, like, this is all pretty much in the commercial space, because I'm, I'm quite big in the commercial space as well, and that's someone who will come to set and it will be like a lot going on. Like there'll be like ten lights, always an assistant, or like one of my friends is like those a very talented fashion photographer. And like that's their style and they love the crafting of a scene, making it look like a film set. And then you also have your running guns. And so I I feel like I sit in between your running gun, so your running gun natural light photographer who, like, strobes scare them and stuff. So those are strobes. When I say strobes, I mean lighting. And they kind of just want to work with what's there. And then you have your your guy who has 10 lights that just loves lights. Mm-hmm. And like, I would put myself right in the middle of the two because I, I actually love using lights, but I also love running gun. So quite often for some types of shoots, like, I love working fast, which is perfect for sport. And it's perfect for working with athletes. Like I'm kind of popular when I work with professional athletes because I'm quick. Like I like to work quick. Like some people plug into the computer and tether, and it's a slower process, but you can see what's happening. Mm. But I, I, I do like to keep things moving really quickly and stuff, just because that's just like my mind goes like a million miles an hour, and it's way like on set than your less time and everything. But like I'll hire an assistant to hold my light. So I don't need a stand. (laughs) So I don't have to move the stand. I just move the person. You know what I mean? Like, it's so, I'm like, that definitely is that that run and gun style. And then you've got, like, I love working with people. Like, I love it, um, meeting people, talking to people. But then you've got also photographers who don't really deal with people. And they're, like, the ones who, like, landscape kind of work. Super patient. They have to be super patient. You know, multiple exposure, super creative stuff. Yeah, so it's there's a massive, and then you you've got your your real estate guys, your construction guys, like the your wedding guys, your the photography industry. There's so much variety, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of us, but there's also a lot of different types of work. So it's kind of like
0: when you see the finished product, what yeah. kind of photography draws your attention and appeal the most?
1: Ooh. Ooh, I can definitely appreciate all photography. So that's quite you know we all we can all appreciate the the elements of photography, composition, line, color, like all that. And so, like obviously, like being a sports folk, like having a lot of my work in sport, I love seeing good sports photography. And so, good sports photography is the actual event, and then like epic sports commercial photography. Like I love seeing that, and you can get super Mm -hmm. creative with that. But then, like, there's some, like, beautiful landscape works. I started to dabble into a bit of that post-COVID, had a bit of time in my hands. Now I have a print shop. My print shop was built because I was in lockdown and I was bored. Mm. <laughs> and then stuff like that. And that has actually developed more work in the assignment-based stuff. So I guess, like, you can always appreciate good photos. And this depends what you're into and kind of what draws your attention, I guess, which is quite cool. And yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. It does sound like there's, there's more to explore than I think people realize on the outside.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm sure yeah. I w- wouldn't recognize, um, a lot of what certain photographers are saying because they're so deep down, uh, their mm. own path. Yeah. I can relate to some of the sports stuff a little bit having yeah. done, done some competitive sport myself and obviously landscapes. Again, there's a relationship there, but then you can clearly yeah. see, like, I, I don't have a thing for wedding photography. It's just uh, like, it could be, the, could be the greatest photo and yeah, yeah, there's just not, there's not some emotional connection there to me and yeah, and there's fun. some, some differences and I really like, um, geometry in photos as well. Um, ah, so yeah, yeah so there, there's something there that is present. I think when people, I don't know if they're, they're looking, you know, they're, they're searching around throughout nature to try to find these, coincidence of geometries yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. But I, I kind of like some of that stuff that almost, it takes you a while to realize that it's actually a photo, not like a graphic artwork. Um, I f- find some stuff like yeah. that quite cool.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Some of the stuff that people are, like you're seeing from people. I, some of the landscape works you see is insane. And I quite like, since I do, like, it's interesting what you were saying with, like, the sport and, like, outside. Like I do one style of image when it comes to sport is creating, like, a landscape art with, like, a person.
0: A little person. You're with a little a person. A like,
1: Yeah, like, especially if I'm doing, like, adventure sports or, like, photographing, you know, maybe, like, trail running, mountain biking, like, it's, you've got this epic scene. Like, sometimes you look at, so you look at your subject and then your scene. And then you can create these, you know, pieces with like this like little person or person with like epic, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to those. Yeah, there we go. That sounds good. (laughs) And how did your career develop into this level of sports photography that you're doing now?
1: I actually I get that a lot and I don't really know. (laughs) I think
0: bit by bit. Yeah, bit
1: by bit. I mean my biggest thing for me is just networking and contacts. And I think because I'm still an athlete, like I'm still a pole vaulter, not a very good one, but I'm in the world and I never stopped doing athletics this whole time. Even though I was injured, I was still training. I was still there. And so because I never really left sport, that's helped me like, massively grow in the sports industry. Like A lot of time I'll get work just because I know someone. Like, someone knows someone. And high-performance sports, yeah. you probably know, is very small. Yeah. So it's, like, yeah. Like, I get shared around sports quite a bit. So, for example, I was meant to go to the Olympics as athletics. But I, the hockey photographer, Simon, he, he couldn't go to the Olympics this, this time. So he told me, hey, can you shoot this as well? And that's just totally just getting passed around. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know I train a lot at the AUT Millennium. And there are so many sporting bodies there. It's a little bit of a joke because of how many <laughs> different clients I have in the same building, <laughs> and we all have the same cafe, which is funny when you're juggling two people editing, and you're like, I hope I don't see both of you. But it is like it's. I work for so many different. I work do work for AU two million, but then so many different companies within that building. Just from being there, a lot of time it's just from being there. And, yeah, like, networking, meeting people, someone knows someone knows someone, and it just gradually grew. I started, you know, just taking, when I was first starting, the little opportunities, you know, maybe not paid as well, but it's an opportunity to get into another sport or to be seen in another light. And even just little things. Like, I do... I actually have had a bit of work come from Sports Lab. But I'll be sitting at the front, talking, as you yeah. know, you know? <laughs> and so... From there, I did get, like, I have a few clients now that have come directly from just me sitting there having a yarn at the desk.
0: That's so funny.
1: <laughs> cool. So how do you get your work? Talk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting because it's, it's so different yeah. from other people that are working in an office and like, they've signed mm. a contract and they're working for five years on the same thing and they know what's coming oh, up. Oh, totally. It's a at yeah, opposite totally. end of the spectrum. So before we get into having a look at some of your photos... Can you yeah. tell me more about pole vault? Because povol is this okay. one sport that I think povol <laughs> and ski jumping are just oh, yeah. so outrageous yeah. that I, I can't see yeah. the bridge <laughs> to getting there. <laughs> and I've had a look through some of the uh, photos that you've sent through. And there's a few classics yeah. in there that you're just like, is, is this some surrealist image? Like, <laughs> yeah. how does this happen? How does uh, a person get into this position? And so, Pol- yeah, tell me a little bit about oh. pole vault. Like, how when does one start? Obviously, you start with a small a small pole and work your way yeah. up. But yeah, I've yeah. never seen any insight into this world, and I don't think many other people. Okay.
1: Have. Well, so pole vault is like I can say it's kind of pole vault, but it is kind of one of those stupid ones. You got to be a little crazy to do it. <laughs> but when you first start, yeah, like it is like, you you don't want. It's one of those things. So when you're you have to run. Like if you broke it right down you have to run and reach top speed into an immovable object
0: yeah sounds bad it <laughs> sounds risky <laughs>
1: yeah on a bendy stick and then you know so you you transfer your energy that's going this way into this way and so you know that's quite a um so that's like in a nutshell that is pole And when you explain it like that you're like, yeah that is kind of dumb but when you start, you, you start on a straight pole. So the pole doesn't bend, that's fine.
0: Oh really? Okay. And then, stiff, stiff pole. Yeah.
1: So you start, right. start on a straight pole and all you do is you just just you you hold like the way you hold off the ground is your height. Right. Like you're not actually holding any height. How and you high you just are these work interopols? on anything to be honest. Because I don't bend, you can have grab any pole and hold it halfway down.
0: Oh, and then okay. you're just, you're right, just going sure.
1: like, if, if this is the pole, you're just going to this. Cool. So,
0: so how high you're are people just, jumping on a straight pole?
1: They're not even getting off the ground,
0: oh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I could do So that. you're pretty much, <laughs> yeah, Maybe. yeah, no, you Maybe. could, Maybe. like
1: know. you, no, actually, like you learn because the hardest thing, pobble is controlling the pole so it's behind your body. Because a lot of people, when they start, you have, say, this is the pole and then they'll end up going past the pole. And so you've got to work on controlling the pole so it goes up and then down. And then eventually, when you can do that, you hold higher and you step back further. And then eventually, you're onto a point where you're jumping on a straight pole, but you're controlling it, but you're really high off the ground. And then you can just kind of like say, I, you can do like four step take straight pole drills, which is what we do all the time. And it's so good for um, inversion drills is I maybe grip the pole three metres, 40 off the ground, and you just, like, it's straight. And so you just jump, and you're straight. And straight pole has no, there's no room for error when you're getting that high. Like, there's not, like, a bend. You don't have your left arm to fix it. So it's really good drill, and then people go upside down on it. So when you first start, you're not bending it. You're just going like this. And then eventually you hold higher and higher and higher, to a point where you can master planting, taking off, and then even like swinging on a straight pole. You can do all that, land on your back. And then one day you pick up a soft pole and you bend it. And there's no real easy way to get into bending. Like all that stuff, that's fine. So you'll learn how to plant, you'll learn how to run, you'll learn how to take off. And suddenly you gotta, your left hand's got to go into play. So you go on this, I don't know how long it is actually. It's quite small, and it, but it's really soft. Really soft pole. Okay. And then you work on just getting your left arm out.
0: Yeah, so. And w- um, explain the pole. arms because, of course, we're not okay. paying <laughs> close attention to what the <laughs> arms are when we're watching popcorn on True. TV.
1: True. Okay, so you got your top arm, which is your. So say I'm right handed, that's my right hand, your top hand. Okay. Your top hand goes up past your head, eye. Okay. I'm trying to explain this, like. Like really breaking it down, so that's your your top hand is your top hand is your life hand, that never lets go of the pole. So quite often though, you'll see chalk or sticky spray, like black spray, yeah, on the spray. on the right hand. Yeah, so that's your your right hand is does maybe eighty percent of the work. Okay. And then your left hand is at the bottom, and your left hand just opens up the pole. And then the idea is your left hand is kind of like a lever, and you just got to keep it straight while you rotate through the, while well, you move the pole forward and then swing on it. So ideally when you take off, you want to make your left, you want to use your left hand to move the pole like it's a bar and then you swing on the bar.
0: Yeah. But the bar is exploding at the same time, yeah. right? Like you're, yeah, you're, exactly. you're, t- you're pushing, you're levering off the bar as it recoils. Yeah. Pretty much. I think that's, that's the terrifying <laughs> bit when you're, when you're watching it is if they, yeah. if they haven't, got enough horizontal momentum or oh, maybe yeah. they don't jump rejected. at the right time yeah then you know they're not going to get <laughs> propelled upwards no. they're getting propelled back onto the Backwards. track yeah. which we have, have all
1: been rejected
0: I'm, I'm sure is that called a rejection
1: <laughs> it's
0: called <a> <laughs> they're pretty much is a total rejection and there is no squishing that mm. in that direction no i've noticed that no. but i haven't seen anyone no. do a big blowout like that um at least it yeah, I mean, my yeah. pole vault watching is probably once every four years, but I haven't seen any big go. blowouts like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you do see common. someone obviously not get the alignment right, and they, and always, yeah, they kind of go up and they're just nowhere near as high as they're supposed to be, and yeah. it's harder to tell, yeah, for, for yeah. the watcher what exactly has gone on, but they can obviously sense it quite early on, oh, so yeah. because they pretty much just you know, they don't even follow yep. through. They're like, oh, I don't have the right power. So what's kind of going on in those, uh, in those situations? Because yeah. they're still running just as fast.
1: Yeah. So what, so um, if you, you have a spot on the runway that you've got to take off from, because that's the exact point, like it's just angles, right? So quite often if you see someone going straight up, most of the time it's because they've taken off too close. Okay. So if they take off too close... And also this happens, I'm like really bad at doing that. So I, my poor shoulders, yeah, stood up. And that's also how you get rejected mm-hmm. is when, so if you get, um, you take off too close then suddenly that angle of takeoff is like a bit out. Pretty steep. And so you're point. not, yeah. So maybe it's even like a foot close. And then if you take off a foot close sometimes, or it's, what, what often happens with this is you've got a gust of tailwind and suddenly it's propelled you forward but then mm. if you're too forward, you're taking off too close, and you get jammed. And so what that means is the takeoff's not free at all. You're pretty much, you're trying to take off under the pole, and then you don't have the right forward momentum that you just get stood up.
0: Okay. So you go up. So and you'll then, see
1: athletes. Yeah. yeah. So you, what you if you, I'm not sure if they show us on TV, but you probably will see athletes when that happens is they'll stand in the box with their foot on the ground and put their arm up in the air with the pole and look at their coach, and then they'll start moving. And what they're doing is they're seeing where did they take off from and where should they be taking off. Right. And then when they figure that out, so they go, oh, I was here, and then your your shoulder's like so far back because you're way too under. And then they go, okay, i got to be two feet back. So then on the runway, they move their mark two feet back.
0: Right. But Are there marks where they're taking their last step from or they're measuring their marks from the first step and they just know the number first of paces. Step. Right. Yep, first step yeah, so, so and so no we count. That one's putting sticky tape, you know, when they're launching. There's no oh, no. There's no markers up there. No. Yeah, okay.
1: So it's kind of, you know, got, we all have runs and so for a girl, um, 16, 14, 16, 18 steps is common. Mm-hmm. World record holder Mondo Duplantis, I think he's on 22 steps.
0: Oh, so we actually count.
1: Everyone. Yeah, so we count. So for example, you'll go, um, I quite like having my last phase at six steps. And so say if I'm doing twelve step, I'll go I'll count to six. And that's kinda like just accelerating. And then I'll count another six and you chop those six. And generally speaking, on when you think three or four, you start planting the pole. Okay. So it's like we, we actually count in our head. Americans count lefts. So they only count one st- they count every second step. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes sense sure. actually in a way um and then yeah so we count and yeah pretty much and then there's all this other stuff that going on like if you see athletes going too forward their poles too soft so they go up a pole okay so you might hear athletes saying like oh, i gotta go up a pole or you go up a grip as well because obviously that you're if you want to land deeper in the pit you hold down the pole so you kind of go more that way but if you want to go higher you hold higher at the pole but too far up the pole, yeah. you're going to go backwards because you're not going to have enough horizontal energy. And so, and the other way is the pole's too stiff. Sometimes sometimes when you see people going straight up and straight down, that could also mean the pole's too stiff. So they don't okay. have enough, like they've taken off at the right spot and everything, but they don't have enough forward momentum to match the energy of the pole. Yeah. So you think of poles as energy. And so your runway speed, your strength has to match the energy of the pole and then if you match the energy, you go up. Whereas if you've got too much energy, you go f- forward, mm-hmm. and not enough energy, you go backwards.
0: Yeah, it's like this intermediate energy storage. Like it starts off as yeah. kinetic energy when you're running, and then it goes into the yep. elastic energy of the pole, yep. and then that goes into the gravitational potential energy at the top, so you've, you've got, yeah, that's interesting. You've kind of got to match those, those up, and if you have an, an excess or a deficit on any one of those, then yeah, I can see how then you're going too far forward or too far yeah. backwards. Exactly. That's that mo- interesting. Yeah, that final <laughs> movement in the in the pole vault, especially noticing on, yeah, it's like some of the medalists when they're you know they're, they're really pushing close towards world records, and you see them getting a bigger pole, and mm-hmm. some of them you know are really reaching, and they've got an, that that top arm is really yeah. extended towards yeah, the top. They don't have much room left on the pole. And perfect. yeah, how much, <laughs> how much of that push? Cause the, the pole's almost straight at that stage. So you yep. probably are getting a bit of energy. That's, that's new into the system, just coming straight out of mm-hmm. your arm. You're pushing straight down onto this, you know, the pole is yep. pretty much rigid at that point. How much of an effort is that push? Is it just like holding the momentum or is there like a concerted push off the top of the pole? And they've been pretty much upside down at this stage it's just incredible
1: there's definitely a push um i'm not good enough to have ever experienced that
0: so okay.
1: to get so get that position is you have to invert. it's rare like if you so that means so like there's a little saying if you can jump that far off higher than your hands you're like an elite bolter because mm. you so when you you swing you invert and when you're inverting you you're also turning at the same time and your goal is so when you're turning ready for that push you have timed it to when the pole pops so ideally you want to be completing your turn while the pole is still bent so then obviously when it pops out because there is stored energy in that pole and that also comes from like there's actually just the saying is penetrate the box
0: mm-hmm. that's unfortunate <laughs> that's actually
1: like the term um and what that, that that means is you are pushing pressure on the pole while you're turning to keep okay. that energy there. So then when you are ready to push off, you're also timing it. It's like, you know when you like fling rubber bands across the room on your finger mm-hmm. and sometimes it just falls and then sometimes it just absolutely sends? Yeah. It's the same.
0: So they're actually pushing, <laughs> the, the pole isn't entirely straight when they're doing that last push. I kind of thought it was pretty much straight and they're pushing on a rigid pole. Almost. But it's almost. They just yeah. that a final bit of energy and they're just pushing back against yeah that, that final release I mean, from the pole okay
1: some probably would be straight like it's the goal is to have a little bit left okay because then you can like get that push off but yeah, yeah like i'm wondering though when you when you see them already have turned it's straight at that point because i've already done the push
0: mm-hmm. right so yeah they're probably of, just following like a, through more they've done the effort yeah. which was the main part of the yeah. extension of, of the arm and then they're just just kind of let it go and there's a bit of momentum left yeah Yeah. it's hard to tell when the effort is when when the the force output is the highest or you can see it's so hard
1: for you guys yeah like I can see everything through my camera but (laughs) it's really hard actually that's probably so I was shooting pole vault before I started pole vault so that I think really helped me accelerate through my progression Because nice. I don't have any of the attributes that you're meant to have as a pole water. <laughs> like, I have no gymnastics ability. And if I had come from sprints and hurdles earlier on in my career, but I started going to distance running, so I started losing that. And I have, a, I have a good reach and I have a good, like, my grip height, so how high I hold on the pole was really high compared to how high I actually jump because my ear is useless. Like, I'm actually, like, the worst... Combination, but I picked it up real quick, and I think it is because I have spent years like we have some like we're one of the best polos in the world, and so like, I was able to see that up close through my lens for years, and so I could actually see some of those movements and quite often my coach would explain something I'm like, yeah I've seen that, I've actually got a picture of that. you know what I mean like, so like yeah, it's quite really hard interesting... for you guys to see what's happening
0: yeah that's an interesting lesson just for learning learning sports as skills. Generally, just yeah. how much time we maybe spend doing a sport, but maybe not enough time just watching someone really proficient doing it. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, yeah. let's take a look at some of the the footage you've sent through.
1: Yeah,
0: sweet. Uh, it yeah, got it up here. Um, just let me know which ones you know mean something oh, yeah, to you cool. that maybe you want to tell tell a story about
1: we well, have got a good mix there. I can't yeah, just went through my quite a phone. Lot. We're
0: obviously not going to go through.
1: No, you
0: don't. Um, have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let number. you
1: pick. Actually, anything that catches your eye. It's yeah. quite good having someone else pick, so you can just well, we'll go through We've been talking and... about
0: these polka ones. So, we'll. Oh yeah. What? I wonder if we can get this. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. How annoying! So about my computer breaking in isolation
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, that just gives you a sense of, of well, scale like the length the length of mm, these poles mm. and so you, you were there watching uh this final i was also watching this yeah um which was pretty was so intense yeah um it was and it was like a very emotional finish as well um she was just oh she was just bawling <laughs> yeah
1: it's like that though um i quite often not it's known that the girls don't do another attempt once they've won because the thing is like if you're crying you can't you can't get on the runway man like i think she tried but i was thinking like katie no way like you're crying you just won You're olympic champion like like you jumped 490 last rio olympics the winning jump was 485 so that kind of gives you an idea um and it was super humid here as well. I'm not obviously I wasn't at Rio, so I don't know. But fun fact: Katie's using chalk. Um, the sticky spray doesn't work in this condition.
0: <laughs> to the condition being too hot, too humid,
1: <laughs> too humid. So okay. like I don't know what people were doing to combat that. But when it's super humid, that sticky spray we all use. Well, when I say we all use, a lot of the New Zealanders have converted, apart from like two of us. Um, it doesn't work that well. So it's it was actually quite interesting to see. I mean, I think Holly Bradshaw, who got third, I'm pretty sure she uses spray. I'm not sure. But that was a thing. Like, people had to figure out ways to combat the humidity with grip. Mm-hmm. So little yeah. fun facts.
0: So the last thing you want <laughs> I like is this. to have, like, yeah. sweat, you know, just a bit of a thin layer of fluid on mm-hmm. the palm of your hand you as slip. you're trying to push off. Yeah. And that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're at the top of one, one of these poles. um
1: no um, yeah but i like these photos um this is what i call a panning image so oh, i i set my shutter speed really low so maybe a 20th of a second and all i do is i time my movement with the volta mm-hmm.
0: and so that's so you're why you're getting like a blur the, in like, the background geez. but yeah ideally the subject is clearer
1: yeah Which is hard to do, but yeah, and it shows you how fast they're moving as well. Yeah, exactly. And also the background's filthy, so it's quite nice to kind of the filthier the background, the better the pan because Mm -hmm. you see so much moving around. So, but yeah, and that pole's quite big. Yeah, I don't actually know the length. I was trying to think. Huge. Yeah, there's bigger, so a lot of the girls, some of the girls, jump on bigger ones than that, like longer ones.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I also found this. Yeah. Um, be just in the same vein as what I was saying earlier, just about how like pole vault is, is like an just unimaginable sport for someone who's, who's yeah. never done it. Just like being, being that high off the ground and just so at home, like so acclimatized to that exact movement, yeah. including this five-meter fall that you have to take yeah. each time. And, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just, to me, this photo just shows like a human totally at home, like, out of context from the situation that we evolved in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found that quite
1: cool. Yeah. This is probably my favorite, one of my favorite photos of the games. Just as a vault, I know, not quite know, but that feeling is amazing. That's the winning height as well. That was 490. And she's con- very conveniently in front of the Tokyo 2020
0: oh.
1: <laughs> branding. <laughs> So it's just like, and I didn't go too close in. Like, I could have cropped more, but I quite like the space. Because as you said, it is just this whole new world. And I tell you what, falling, like, my PB is only 350, but it's high enough to know what you're doing. And it's high enough to have time when you fall. So I'm just imagining jumping a metre, almost a metre and a half higher, is that time to fall is just, like, an unreal feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah, those are at some stage in your life when you're young you get convinced to jump off a cliff at some stage into like yeah. a river or something and yeah that that's something you notice for the first time is like well i'm still i'm still falling i can say i'm still oh. falling and like that's just routine for these guys
1: mm. oh yeah oh my gosh it's like the big class and you're like ooh. yeah i can think about classic new zealand things
0: yeah we can
1: yeah, there's some double ups there, because I wasn't sure what my phone was up to. It's
0: oh like yeah.
1: Yeah. The sulfur flats. So yeah. pretty pretty cool spot. Pretty average weather. But um it's alright. We kind of drew more attention to the to the green ground. To the green kind of I think that's part of the it's like the edges of the lake
0: yeah that's bordering combined like a sulfur flux or something yeah, combined with all mm. the sulfur stuff creating that briny briny fluid
1: yeah it's interesting like it's kind of magical new zealand oh another picture um <laughs> it's like yeah. magical new zealand and stuff and that's like the one yeah these ones here the olive fern a lot of greenery i quite like these type of things and i mean i guess this would probably like speak to you as well just being like lost like lost in a bush lost in the world like it's you know it's quite nice and
0: yeah yeah. i I definitely appreciate those those photos that not only show the subject but yeah really show the context as as the main feature and i think that communicates at least what my experience of a lot of these longer trail races are Um, yeah you you have moments when your, your awareness is a lot more about this like wider world. You're in this wider environment so as opposed cool. to like, yeah, just the, the immediate road ahead.
1: Yeah, that's neat. That's, that's actually really good to hear from you. And next time when I photograph a race like that, thinking about that, um,
0: yeah, I think that, that's like the experience like of a lot of the,
1: sweet, a lot of the runners or bank that it's been a while since I ran that much. So Mm-hmm. It's quite nice to hear what you guys like experience and stuff when you run, especially cause that's like those images there I'm marketing to people like yourself. So, and stuff. Oh yeah. Another sport, um, kiteboarding.
0: Yeah. Again, another like pretty outrageous and and new sport. But I mean, to me, the photo just like, it leaves you wondering like in what context that the human, like how did the human get themselves into this situation, oh. both, yeah skill wise and also just energetics wise
1: oh it's so like actually i take that back i say pole vault's dumb this is probably dumber
0: <laughs> this is dumb <laughs> I've, I've never his, seen it.
1: his girlfriend's a pole water too so it's really <laughs> funny um <laughs> but it's um like oh, kiteboarding so this is uh lucas Wilson climb he's one of our he's our top kite foiler actually this was years ago when he does more freestyle so I, he this is he doesn't really do this anymore he does more foiling but um this like freestyle kiting is just insane like you just pick up gusts of wind and i don't know do this but he's amazing like i told him to jump there and then he can on cue go in the spot i asked (laughs) like he's so good at navigating the space like it's the same similar skills of a gymnast is if i say jump here he goes there
0: like yeah, but it's him. like gymnast plus sailing because you've also got to uh, <laughs> yeah. you know the wind is your your source of energy, and without it, you can't do mm. any of the you know the skillful things. But with too much of oh. it, you're you're just a ragdoll.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think because um like kite foiling is classified as sailing as well, and that's probably why because hmm. it is like there's a lot of sailing elements to it. Um, but yeah, this is and I quite like it because it's just like a human in space. Like that's what I was telling you about with the the landscape images, and then like human. This is kind of the vibe with kiting. Obviously, this is sky, but yeah, it's quite fun. Oh yes, hello.
0: Yeah, I just love this pole vault theme. I mean, th- nice th- this is what you expect you every time there. when I see these poles. <laughs> go there. I'm surprised this doesn't happen every time.
1: That's really rare. It's um, actually I think the other another image had I cropped it, but it's this is rare. So. This is the only pole Eliza's broken. I happen to be there. And you can only shoot it from this angle. Like, this angle is pretty much the best angle. And you have to be shooting the whole takeoff to get it. It was just fluke. Um, well, what, what, why I is got that? This. Because
0: you don't know when it's going to break. And if no, you're not already shooting that, then you're never going to capture it. Yeah,
1: Pretty much. And I was shooting this at a camera that uh, was 10 frames a second. The before it frame. Fast. And the, fast. It's pretty fast. Yep. Yeah, some cameras can do twenty now, but the before frame and the after frame, there's nothing. Like the after frame, the pole, like the pieces are just like you know, and so for this I photo, so I the was frame before dead. this, the
0: poles bent like severely Together. bent, but as expected, yeah. like, right? And the frame afterwards, the pieces are not connected. Whereas this yeah. is, this still like just touching, but
1: just touching, probably. like a focus photo of my life. So, you're photographing the whole takeoff sequence, which I love to take off, photographing that, and I tend to do takeoff images in the warm-up, because it looks like, the can't, but like, you can't tell. Um, photographing the whole sequence, I'm actually really close. Like, I'm on a wide-angle lens. Um, <laughs> okay. So, when this happened, and the noise the pole makes when it breaks, nice little bit of rhyming there, is just this massive bang. And I'm sitting right there, and it's, oh, wow.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's shock. all that energy we mentioned beforehand. It's all the energy yeah. from the run-up turns oh. into the elastic energy and, yeah, then it all turns into the sound. What's left of yeah. it, anyway. Yeah, yeah. and so, so she does she lucky. end up on the landing on the mat? She's still got enough horizontal yeah. momentum yeah. that she will land on the mat as opposed to just dropping straight down into that pit, which would...
1: Yes yeah pretty, actually thank you you're like the first person who's not a pole water who said to me she's going to have enough horizontal energy lay on the mat everyone thinks she's just going to drop
0: right but if you like think like okay. you're yeah, running sure.
1: into like something with a pole and you're putting that energy into you're matching that pole's energy to go mm-hmm. up but if that energy disappears then you're just going to go yeah which is what happens she just went on the mat mm-hmm. and stuff and yeah
0: Cool. So, what <laughs> what triggers <laughs> what triggers a break like this? Is this wear and tear or or, or a defect? Ooh. Like, surely they're not pushing that close to no. like the limit of the strength of, of the pole.
1: pole. Um, that we don't know. So yep. we think that was a defect. We think maybe so. Sometimes that the pole nicks the upright or like something. You can't really tell when a pole's damaged. That's the only problem. Mm. So we think it was damaged. Also, looking where the pole's breaking, the weakest point of the pole is where it bends, and it's where right in the middle of the black bit. And it hasn't broken there, and it's broken higher. Yeah. So we do think that it was damaged higher. Like, poles aren't meant to break. And so fun fact, each pole has a weight rating. So there's a a number on the top of the pole in pounds and that's pretty much the maximum weight that you can be as a person while holding the pole maybe a hand from the top. But the thing is, so in America actually, in some states, they actually weigh the athletes in high school to make sure they're on poles that aren't too small for them. But in saying that you're never going to be on a pole, like if you vote efficiently, you're never going to be a pole anywhere near your weight. Mm-hmm. Like I think so. I'm 58 kilos. What's that? Is it double in pounds?
0: Yeah. About so close.
1: so would it would be like one. One twenty. Oh my god, mess.
0: One twenty pounds. Yeah, let's
1: round at one twenty. One twenty pounds. I oh, am. Yeah. If I jumped on one twenty pound pole and held at the top, I'd break it. Like if I'm holding at top of the pole at, of a top of a pole, I'm pretty sure I'm on like a one fifty. So right. <laughs> it's it's like quite hard. Like you would never. Jump that low. So that's like one main thing. And then another thing, not this is not in this case, is technique. Like sometimes like the way you use your left hand can trigger some breaks in the pole. Like it puts a bit too much stress on it, especially these poles. So these are carbon composite poles. Carbon composite, I think. Like it's um a blend of carbon fiber and fiberglass. Whereas a lot of athletes jump on fiberglass poles tomato, tomato, whatever works for you. Um, so, like, Eliza is actually on some of the biggest poles out of all the girls in the world. So you know how I said before, like, Katie, po- Katie's poles, um, that was the American bolster we saw, has, like, there are girls with bigger poles in here. Yeah, Eliza's one of them. Okay. And so I think with the carbon, it's lighter as well, so she can, like, carry a much larger pole and not have the weight. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we don't, like... Poles breaking is kind of the last thing we think of in a jump because it's, like, the last thing that can go wrong. Like, there's a million other things that could go wrong first before your pole breaks.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point because as someone who's never done it, it looks like it's the thing that's going to happen every time. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. no, no. If you look after your poles and stuff, um, no. So, like, ideally, you don't, like, not many athletes break poles. Mm -hmm. They break, like, one or two. I mean, some athletes might break, like, five, but that's in their whole career
0: yeah obviously i'm not the most experienced with team sports but you said you were also um doing doing hockey yeah so i have no
1: experience with um team sports either like i'm mainly in athletics or like most of the time i'm shooting sports stuff it's like for like marketing purposes and stuff the Mm. only time i'll be at an event is mainly athletics but yeah so yeah i was shooting the hockey i think i shot (sighs) maybe a handful of times, like, a few years ago. And when the guy, when Simon said, hey, can you cover, I went to a game in Hamilton as a warm-up because I really didn't want the first time in, like, four years to shoot hockey at the Olympics. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, let's warm up. Again, that's that athlete mentality coming in is I have, like, oh, I need a bit of a warm-up before I go. Um, And so I, yeah, I went and shot that. But field hockey is awesome like it's actually so cool and like see this um you've got like all the spray from the turf it's because they wet the turf before they play and i think it's so the ball moves faster and so you get all this cool stuff
0: (laughs) yeah some cool some cool layers there but also just like the concentration and um trying to communicate that to the viewer i think is yeah it's really cool just that you know alignment of of concentration and and movement.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So I think when I went and shot hockey, I didn't shoot it from a hockey expert because I'm not. So I shot it from an athlete's viewpoint. Like I, I try to just okay. One thing I do have is I'm an athlete. I know how to read sport, and so I just and I I can react and anticipate sport just from doing it. Like we all would be able to do it, and so that's how I shot. That's how I shot the hockey and that's the approach I went is to try to get pretty much what you said. So, yay, it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting, though, when you have different photographers and what they focus on. And so that was kind of, I'm i going to try focus on that when I'm shooting the hockey. But it is great. It's so hard to shoot, though, because, especially the girls. So the girls move so fast. I think because the boys, maybe they the boys will go back and hold the ball. Like, they're not afraid they can hold the ball that, And they will, like, kind of do more, some tricks and stuff, whereas, and then go forward, whereas the girls are going forward every time. Like, sometimes they'll go back, but they're mostly going forward. And so, it's just, like, it's so quick. And then, of course, you're not moving in a straight line. You know, you're going, the ball's just getting, like, pinged all over the place. So, it's quite hectic, but it's it's quite fun, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, I enjoyed it. This is in Hawke's Bay. Um, This is Kelsey Berryman. I think this is... This might have been shot the same day as that other pole snap. But I really, what I really... Oh, yeah. Her hand's, like, behind her slightly. What I like about this is I was... She's my friend. I was jokingly saying to her, I want to get you jumping over the stadium. But what I like about this is because this is at, like, 4 or 5 p.m. And the light is just beams through the stadium at Hawke's Bay. It's actually a beautiful place to shoot. And so you're getting these really harsh highlights. And when you're shooting like this, you want to expose for your highlights. That's so what this means. You can see it's highlighting her really, really nicely. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is like really dark, making her kind of like stand out. And then she's like conveniently in the space and yeah, kind of like makes her look like she's long jumping very, very far.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's certainly visually very catching. The, the gradients and those abrupt contrasts is really nice
1: yeah and the beautiful blue sky like so a lot of the stuff is you you get treated to what's given to you and it's kind of how you're going to use it in a way that's what i love about shooting here is these really harsh highlights it makes it hard though because you got a lot of shadows you got to deal with as well but it's so enjoyable shooting this with like this like nice harsh highlight i think the last time mm-hmm. i went down uh, beginning of this year there was it was overcast and I was like oh
0: <laughs> jump through a few here
1: oh yeah nice oh yeah so um this image here so one of my friends who actually was in Tokyo he he launched a magazine called Long Distance which he did during COVID and it was the first issue was pretty much just running during covid in an empty time and so yeah this was level three we shot this in um that's eliza mccartney and Mm. yeah and i quite like this like she lives here so that was really nice kind of spotlight closer home and it's so like the light is so beautiful up on that's like north head and the light you can see it coming from the left and it's just this nice golden glow and it's hitting her like quite harshly so she's like highlighted like a little bit of like a glow on the outside Mm. of her, and so she's like kind of lost but you can kind of see her and so yeah like I do I do like a nice golden hour shoot I saw a lot of people do
0: it's funny with anyone who's playing around with a a phone camera or even just pretty much any camera prior to 10 years ago um you know the kind of cameras that that we would buy from an electronic store anyway is like you just couldn't shoot into the sun
1: Oh no. You just get washed no. out Even way too now. quickly.
0: Is it yeah, yeah, it's still really hard to capture that range. But then obviously you see the the professionals who actually have the have the kit, have the gear, and they're shooting into the sun mm. a lot. And it's pretty beautiful yeah. actually getting that um, that intensity and those those different colours pulled into different environment. just a little, little bit surreal. Yeah,
1: it's interesting what you say, like it is still hard to shoot into the sun. your autofocus jumps um luckily i had something to grab. you you want something to grab onto but there's a few shots i have that i quite like and your the subject is entering like the sun and so sometimes i'll actually manual focus that because it's you can't like it jumps because it's like your camera is like excuse me
0: (laughs) yeah i think you do want the manual because you can push more into Mm. the saturation if that's what you're after then that's
1: yeah. that's okay as opposed to the camera just,
0: trying to decide that it doesn't want to saturate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or even like it doesn't, it can't see the thing because it can't see because you're shooting in the sun. <laughs> like there's a lot of that as well. They're getting better though. Um, cameras are definitely getting better. Oh yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, classic cool. shots. Also there's, um, so there's a little like unwritten rule. I think it's kind of written one, editorial work that you can't really Photoshop stuff out. And so I've got, like, old mate, a photographer at the top of the frame. <laughs> it. And my Instagram, I Photoshop that out because I was like, screw it. But, uh, <laughs> but what you about wanna, cropping?
0: Yeah. Like, you're allowed to change the size of yes, you the can. image? Like, or, yeah, or is that also cropped- part of... But, yeah. So explain that a bit further.
1: So I could... Um, I can crop it. That is just, like, I like that aspect ratio. But, yeah, so there is, uh, for editorial work as well, you don't want to be, like, photoshopping stuff. Like, that. So like, it's a lot of the time, like, international press photography. I don't really shoot for press, to be honest. So I could photoshop it out. But it's just, like, you know, like, journalism. It is keeping things real. It's like, because I mean, come on, we could photoshop anything. Like I've done some pretty criminal stuff, like kind of you deleting a person out of a frame because yeah. they no longer work at a workplace, like kind of stuff like that. So it is really, you can do a lot. So there's like a little bit of like a, like an understanding among press photographers that don't do that, like it's what's there. Yeah. And so that's, but I could crop down, yeah, that's fine. But I like actually this photo so. There is, like, it's so cool because the rings are painted on the track. And it's just, like, a classic, iconic. This is also uh, the heats of the Women's 100. And, but to get here, I had to climb all the way up to the top of the stadium. (laughs) And then you're shooting down, which is a little bit, like, heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I think I'm on a 300. I'm not quite sure, but, oh, I don't know what I shot that with, actually but yeah like you're kind of like looking down like you've got like you're standing up on the seats oh i think maybe i was sitting and but it's it's a nice sense of context Mm -hmm. it's it's quite nice photos to have a little bit of context you know you've got your rings you got your tokyo 2020 name and yeah and it's nice and clean
0: yeah like yeah as someone who who likes movement and doing running as well and putting effort into running mechanics is um yeah, these these photos are just a great documentation of the different different movements um if you just get one photo then you obviously see them at one position in the gate cycle but now that we've got eight subjects you can you can see them all at a different phase exactly who's pushing and who's striding
1: I never thought you, of that. You could teach a whole
0: class on yeah, <laughs> stride mechanics, possibly from this one photo, there's someone in pretty much every, every stage oh, how cool. <laughs> of the movement. <laughs>
1: that's so funny, I didn't even notice it, but now you mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah. look at that. Oh yes, oh Val. So did you
0: get some, did you focus on following the New Zealanders? I guess that's what had been asked yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah. So you followed most of our big moments.
1: Yeah, so that was prior, like, literally top priority in my whole games was the New Zealand athletics team. So hockey came second, and they knew that, like, athletics comes first, and if you've got a game that like, I had missed, I actually missed um a few games because I was, like, I missed a hockey game because I was here. And so my top priority was athletics, and yeah, so I follow the athletes around, which is really cool because I get an opportunity to shoot stuff like this, like, I really like the this type of photo as an athlete i think you might be the same like it really shows the concentration you know it's kind of getting ready in the zone you see a little bit of chalk spray on her arm and just kind of yeah
0: she looks a little vulnerable to me as well which i think is also an important thing to communicate like there is also there is always this chance of error and there's always the feeling that you do everything you can and it's still not good enough uh, I think there's just yeah, a bit exactly. of concern coming coming from Valerie there which is yeah I think really important to to communicate as well that the TV cameras focus a lot on those those people who, who are winning and those who are doing mm-hmm. well because that's the, the selection pressure that these races put on people you're always focusing on on the winners but there's a lot of other experiences going on. With uh, the rest yeah. of the field, You um, didn't get any, anything of the marathon. That wasn't one you were following, either the men's or women's marathon. Oh, it's that because was it was like brutal. a three-hour
1: flight north. There
0: was very little happy, happy people <laughs> to photograph in that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was it was run, run in a different city. Yeah, yeah. Things like that, I think, really complete the picture. I don't know if you want to communicate that sport is just all about victory, because I think for most of the time, it's yeah, not meeting your expectations. That's happening yeah. just as often as meeting your expectations.
1: Especially the marathon. That was brutal. So brutal. Absolutely brutal. Oh, my goodness me.
0: But this it would have pretty... been
1: nice to get there energy just show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was yeah. one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I was absolutely fizzing after this night. So, on her. So there's Elaine Thompson here. On her left is Shelley-Anne Fraser-Price. Shelly anne was the favorite. She was just, world number two all the time with the rainbow hair. Mm-hmm. And then cool. Elaine just poof, out of the park. And the thing is, though, that were all really close in times during the year. So 100 meters, it's like there's nothing in it really. And then it's all about your start. Like, you have got good start, good form, you know, all this. And so this race was insane because then this race became the second fastest time of all time. And it's an Olympic record. So that was pretty awesome i got to see that in real life Mm -hmm. and they are right next to each other and i'm shooting so a lot of um i'm gonna let out a secret now on your podcast but a lot of people when they're shooting the 100 meter sprints is they'll go straight on right and they go straight on with a 400 mil i go halfway around the bend on a wider lens and the reason i do that is because when they cross the line it takes a few steps for them to realize they've won
0: mm-hmm
1: and so or maybe sometimes if it's like ages in front you can tell but the full celebration happens around the bend and if they're sprinting they're gonna sprint <laughs> past you and so i got all these because of where i was sitting like i was like maybe like i'm shooting across the track mm. rather than straight on the middle and that's how i get this
0: yep and so i guess they're getting great. guided around by the lines a little bit as well not that they have to stand the lines or anything but I think naturally well especially Mm. those on the outside lanes they're running out of track so everyone's curving around towards you oh (laughs) totally yeah
1: yeah exactly and you get these absolutely incredible moments like this race was insane and it's so cool and it was the first night so during this race I don't know if you guys saw it on TV but they cut the lights so in Doha before a lot of sprint finals for world champs uh 2019 they tested this thing where they cut the lights and they did a light show. And then for Tokyo, they only did it for the 100-meter 100, 100 finals. And so this was the first They using big projectors the by the
0: looks of it. Did they have some big projectors up on the, I um, think on, so. on the, on the roof or something?
1: I'm not sure because we couldn't see them. So I don't know. But it's being there is such a shame that there was no crowd because being there, it is actually pretty cool because they go – I think they go – they start – they dim the lights a bit to start with and then they cut the lights which is like quite a thing like a surreal thing when you're in a stadium and it just goes black and then they just suddenly like light up certain things and have this whole spectacle right before the race which is cool i think they should keep doing that it's such a cool thing it makes it like a show more than like a sport which is like it is like they had some music as well
0: yeah, it was it was pretty. Oh, yeah. was it, it was pretty intense. It's a bit of a yeah, like a bit of a gladiator festival. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I liked it.
1: Oh, uh, exactly. And that's quite cool because it does take it back to like old, like the original times. So, like uh, athletics was the OG sport. Yeah, and it is a show. Like it is, it's like a show. And so I think, and it's so cool when you see that, and then they're there, and then they're ready to run, and you've got ten point six seconds.
0: <laughs> I hate to say.
1: And so you actually have five seconds if that because you're not going to get the first half of the race oh actually i'll take that back i feel like you've got four seconds to pick a winner when you're shooting this type of shot
0: because everyone's when, like when, really when close you, oh right so you can only see yeah you can only get a good gauge when they're reasonably close to you and then yeah you've got to focus in on them you're not taking such a wide shot that you can then no crop later
1: and then you can even say see my focus is on her not on shelly ann like there's a point on your there's a dot on your camera like and you literally pick who you're focusing on like if you let the camera do its thing it's going to pick anyone (laughs) so you have four seconds to figure out who won but sometimes you can tell like they can tell and then if you're shooting the wrong person at the line and you hear someone just move but it is it's quite like there's a lot of yeah oh yeah this photo some interesting things i was playing with um i went up a bit higher to try get something clean and it's what's quite cool i suppose you can actually see the different like if you look at everyone's foot you can almost like see like reaction times and stuff
0: yeah that's I mean, was fun that's interesting there's two groups of reaction times there mm. six are very close and the other three are very close yeah yeah that's, that's interesting isn't it yeah that's pretty cool what does black and white do for you
1: Sometimes I just go black and white if the uh, colors are ugly. Okay. <laughs> and then what, that, that takes away the color and it just looks at form and mm. shape, which is quite cool. And so especially something like this, like the color image is actually just average. And it took a while for me to, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of like it. And I, I posted this amongst some others and arty stuff from above and this one did really well um on my social media which is interesting and then when i look at it again actually it's quite nice um but yeah black and white for me especially because tracks are red and the lines white so it does provide a really good contrast
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you've also got it
1: does yeah
0: yeah most of them you've got black skin over white singlet and then that's all providing the contrast. There is white. You've got the white legs with black shorts, so there is just naturally enough contrast in this shot. But I imagine if like the setup isn't right, you flick something to black and white, and it just all goes grey. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, not totally. But yeah.
1: No, totally, totally. I mean, there are some things you can play with, um, but no, totally, hundred percent. And so a lot of the time, a lot of times, I've made black and white. It depends, like distracting color. Like, that's that whole colour theory thing coming into play. Like if it's distracting, I'm going to you know, like I don't want to bit of that distraction, I'll flick it to black and white. A lot of time for clients though I won't. Or I will do two edits. So a lot of time like my teams and stuff do want color images. And so if that's the case I edit two. Two mm-hmm. coffees.
0: Just look at it look at a few oh, more. Oh, yeah, and that's so- one of my favorites yeah yeah so I mean they're they're not doing their thing in terms of doing the sport it's just really the kind of the energy and emotion that you're trying to capture on this yeah
1: yeah exactly and it's so convenient I mean they're literally in front like it's such a clean background you've got Tokyo 2020 on the left you've got the rings on the right you've got the rings behind rows and, yeah, and it's just cool, because I, I had to make a, because I was focusing on Rose, because she, so Kelsey, like, took the ball, Kelsey Smith took the ball all the way down, and then Rose was open, and she flicked it back to Rose, and Rose took a shot, and you kind of, this is when you got to know sport so I actually shoot, I don't close my left eye when I shoot, so, you know, you got your camera on your right, I sometimes close it, but I actually leave it open. And the reason I do that is so I can see what's happening around me because I'm, like, quite zoomed in on my left. And so when she took this shot, some people might follow the ball, but I was like, don't follow the ball because that's going in. And obviously, like, she's going to celebrate. And so it's kind of one of those things where I did remember. It was so funny, though, because when, when I took this shot, um, I think we were down, and so this was an equaliser, And I, like, said in my mouth, like, oh, yeah, Rose, hero, The mic's right here. Like, the mic's literally next to my face, and I'm just so glad I didn't actually activate my voice box while I was shooting, (laughs) because you would have heard it. Like, everyone would have heard it, and people who don't know me would have said, oh, yeah, that's just the crowd, that's just one of her teammates. People who knew me would go straight away, that's Alicia. (laughs)
0: famous accidentally <laughs> it would have been so
1: loud <laughs> and i know the mics are really directional though so that might have saved mm-hmm. me because i wasn't in front of the mic but oh man so yeah. that was quite funny but um yeah like i love this photo i love the emotion as well with all the girls and it's, yeah it's one of my favorites
0: yeah me too It's cool a few more there of course we all love, oh, yeah. all love nick willis Nick,
1: bloody yeah. legend
0: yeah legend at it
1: um, again yeah far out isn't it it's just awesome what he's done like he's so good for our sport not only like he's showing longevity but he's actually just such a lad yeah like when he's at events and stuff hey like, he's like cheering all the young guys on like he kind of takes them under his wing and you know especially like with sam tanner he i think he joked on twitter um saying like oh can i get some time off work i've got to babysit sam at An event in August (laughs) you know and so I think it's so cool and he's like he's really paving the way for um distance running and middle distance running in New Zealand so yeah and stuff and it was it was awesome to see him go through to another semi-final you know he I think he ran the fastest in the semi or was it the heat that he's done for like three or four years Mm, okay so I think it's great he's a bloody legend eh like (laughs) so good
0: um, I want to ask you about this one oh, because yeah. this was a very cool final to watch Yeah, and so cool. when you're working I mean obviously it's a treat to just be present at these yeah. events how much oh, of the experience God, yeah. are you losing because you're like you're focusing on something that you're trying to line up reposition yeah. and you've just like missed a crucial moment. That the rest of us on TV yeah. are bound to get a replay, two replays of, and you've missed it. You've missed oh, your one, one chance because you were, you know, busy um, re- repositioning. How's your experience at these events yeah, affected by the like, fact you're there to do, do a job?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, well, for the, this, this event as well, I actually went back to edit these pictures and then I came back out. And so already I've missed a whole bunch. Mm. But um, I came back with a good time. I was actually shooting somewhere else for that. Because it's actually really hard to get into the spot. This is a pretty primo spot. It's like right behind the athletes. And everyone wants it. But also it is right in shot for TV. So I was on TV so much in this event. And so I want to move. Um, But it's interesting you say that because some people, you do miss a lot. But I get really sucked in to the events I'm shooting. Like, really sucked Mm -hmm. in. Like, I kind of... Like, even, like, that other photo that I was... Like, I almost said something. Because I was so sucked Mm -hmm. into the game. I think... So, I do... Like, it's almost, like, the opposite. Like, I see more than what you guys see on TV. Because you're only focusing on what the camera can see. But I can see everything. And so, like, that whole thing. Like, I don't shoot just through the barrel. I keep one eye open. And so... But I also feel it. I think that's a massive difference. Is when you're right in there with the athletes, is you can you can feel it as well as see it, and so it's like I like I I probably miss some things. Like I definitely miss some things, you know, like replays and stuff like that. But in terms of like the emotional side of it, like I'm right there, and I probably feel more being there than I would on TV, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, cool. but I like this photo because you can kind of. It's just real convenient because feet's off the ground. He's got the mat branding, and then the bars there, and then you can really get a sense of how high these guys actually jump. Yeah. <laughs> Big hops.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty unbelievable. Uh, just one more oh. again.
1: Oh, your graves.
0: Yeah, just thought it was, thought it was a nice photo just the, the high contrast again shooting into the sun
1: yeah it's like it's i quite like these it's the same with um the one of val like kind of the getting ready mm-hmm. you know um cam actually he won this is before the half and i think he broke the course record as well so that's really awesome that's the orca marathon okay so nice. i'm back covering that this year as well my brief orca marathon is quite different. To what a lot of people think it would be. So when I shoot for the Orca Marathon, like my brief is to show off my city, pretty much. Like uh, I'm right. there to show off the world, like kind of the same. Like just for runners, I'm trying to attract people to run in this beautiful place. That you can see all these beautiful scenes, and it's just like fun, like the vibes, um, the scenery. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I'm just there to show off the marathon it's quite a a diverse course so
0: that's gonna be fun there's a lot of different environments to go especially with the bridge
1: yeah oh gosh yeah and like the bridge the bridge shot you really want one year (laughs) i'm going to get i'm going to get no clouds yeah (laughs) because i have done it a few years and last year i did get a bit of sun coming through but there is you've, you've got a lot of weather but it's so cool and there's so many different awesome spots and the shot really depends on the weather. Are uh, you going to get sun or are you not going to get sun? So you kind of just play it by ear. Um, born and bred Aucklander, so I know all the roads. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, like, it's great. And then I'm on the back of a motorbike, actually.
0: Cool. So I just sit on
1: the back and I just cruise. Um, I don't have to go fast because I'm just shooting. I don't have to chase people at all. But um, there is a time, like, so they go up Vauxhall Road and Lake Road is, like, a direct line. And so sometimes I'll shoot a bit here on Vauxhall and then I'll cut across onto Lake Road and then just, like, go up Lake Road. And it's so funny because people definitely are looking like, that girl's got a great job. And I'm just yeah. sitting out right back like, yeah. <laughs> like, enjoying yeah. the ride and it's great. Like, so that's a fun job. That's a really fun shoot. Yeah. And I'm nice and small, so the riders love me because <laughs> it makes a hell of a difference. But I quite, yeah, I think I was annoying cam then. That's why he's
0: laughing at me. Uh, this is the one I wanted to leave to last because I thought it was. Oh yes. Like uh, this is my favorite out of. Yeah. Out of everything in there. Um,
1: Tom starting hurdles.
0: Yeah, I just thought that was that was fantastic. But you've got this like massive photographers in there as well. I think there's there's this play there's this second story going on here that yeah. you're actually photographing this this bunch of all identical yeah. looking little you know, their little white hats <laughs> down there i know um, there's so, like two I layers to the story yeah exactly no, like, not so good yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's like i was just lucky um i think it's so true that like, you just see these senior people and it almost makes them look like what do you reckon like it mo- makes it look like he's jumping higher yeah
0: like he's he jumping like over he's, them it looks like he's going to land on them and they're doomed yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just it's just funny.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's honestly got everything. Like you've got this great <laughs> contrast to like the main subject and the, the the second subject. But just like this lad is just levitating <laughs> despite yeah. the fact he <laughs> you know, big he's, lad yeah as well. <laughs> he he's a strong guy and yeah, and then it's also got the emotion, like he's he's pumped with his with his put and yeah. Yeah i thought this is great i love it too yeah it sounds like
1: a great time oh yeah oh getting stuff like this like this is great this is again this is the you gotta just be there for the moments like kind of like ready to react um last throw and how i'm not sure if you know or listeners might not know so how field events work like if you're going for distance not height so like long jump triple jump shot put hammer you know they, um, your first three rounds sorts out your order. So after three rounds, so you have six rounds. So after the first three rounds, there's a break and your order is changed. Your top eight remain and everyone else, so a final's got 12 people, they go. And your eight remain and the order is based on how you did in the first three throws. So for example, your eighth place throws first and then the winner throws last. So that already... So, in the last round, you already know where everyone's been, and so, for example, round four, um, the the round four didn't throw, like, fourth place, sorry, fifth round, fourth place, didn't throw further than Tom did, so he knew he had a medal, and this happened with Val as well, and then it's just like, but you still gotta stay composed because you can upgrade, and that last round, like, you know, you got a chance to upgrade, and this shot here, it's you've done the shot, and it doesn't matter where you've you're, you've got your medal. So this reaction is mm. most probably reacting to the fact that he's got a medal. Or actually, he did a really good throw in this round, and it could have also been him reacting like I think he's upgraded. Yeah, but it's cool. So it's like your last round, you know that you're going to get this, and then you're also going to get especially if that in the medals, you're also going to get coach who's sitting behind me. Mm. This is the thing. Like I'm like I know my sport so well that I know where to position myself, all these things. I've also got pink tape on my gear, so he did spot me, and that's why I have it, so they can spot me for, like, flag shots and emotional shots. But he's going to celebrate. He's also going to run out to his coach shoes behind me, and then I'm going to get all of that just mm-hmm. because I, like, pre-read the situation, and I'm like, that's going to happen. And then he's going to get his flag, and it's going to be all nice. And, yeah, but... This
0: is crack up high. Cool. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. one of my
1: favorites as well.
0: That's really interesting to hear <laughs> the other antics that, that you're doing behind the scenes. Um, ways mm. to increase the chance that you can get, yeah. get the good shot. So thanks a lot for totally. sharing sharing this time, looking through your photos. It's been really interesting. That's all right. For anyone else who's interested, you've got a lovely website that I'll link to.
1: Um, I should more, update more that. More beautiful
0: shots <laughs> in there. Yeah, well, you've got some fresh batch yeah. I was like, oh yeah. My
1: website.
0: Going in there. So. Um, oh yeah. no! Thank
1: you for having me, Jane. It was fun.
0: If you're enjoying the Perfect Flow podcast and want more value from it in the future, there are some ways you can support it. The first is to rate or leave a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or other platforms where it's available. The second is to share this podcast, or specific episodes, on social media or with friends. The third is to get involved more directly through the Perfect Flow page on Facebook, where I'm trying to construct a more interactive community. I want Perfect Flow to belong to the listeners, and if you tell me what topics you're most interested in, or even suggest specific guests, I'll do my best to make it happen. This is your opportunity to be part of something that answers your questions and adds value to your life. Another good reason to follow Perfect Flow on Facebook is that I post links to episodes, blog posts, and anything I find useful to this page. It's a great way to follow my training, racing, and learning. Another great way to stay engaged is to subscribe to genebeverage.nz. This way you will get podcasts and blogs emailed to you, avoiding the clutter of Facebook. I don't know where this project will take us, but the reception so far has been positive. Who knows where we might be in a few years.